But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Something radical happened. In Genesis chapter 3, we call it the fall of man. We call it, you know, the, the, that when sin entered the human race. But, but this is really kind of at the root when, when there they're, they're started to be in this breakdown. Now they're afraid to talk to God. They, there's the, the communication that they once had is broken. The communication they had with each other. They had to, you know, get these leaves and do the, you know, the whole fig leaf thing. Because of something happened between them as well, you see. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. Jay Adams said this. He said that when Adam and Eve fell, communication with God and one and with one another was broken. Man is a communicating social being who needs other others. And he began to experience the agony of being severed from the relationships in life that really count. Because his social relationships were ruined, man began to suffer the misery of alienation. Communication was broken. He began to feel this alienation. He began to feel this loneliness, even being together. Is it not true that you can be, have a best friend, have a friend, you can be in a marriage and still be the most loneliest person on the earth? Why? Because there is no communication. There's no back and forth. There's no sharing of of the thoughts. There's no exchange like the defini- definition said of, of ideas and feelings. Are you hearing me? Yes. Do you think this is true? Should we go on? Yes. We have problems. We have problems. We got to admit it. We got to just face up to it. So what do we do? That's the question. What do we do? The first thing, and, and I think this is the first thing that we need to do is we need to ask God to help us to communicate. We need to ask. We can grow and we can learn. We can make progress in these areas. We can't just say, well, I just don't know how to communicate. I give up. It's over. It's done. No, we ask God to help us. Moses said to the Lord, Oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. He was making excuses. I can't communicate. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. He says, I don't know how to communicate. Now he was talking about speaking to a, you know, the whole nation, obviously, in that passage. But, but, but you know, we talk like that, too. I can't communicate to my wife, my husband. I can't communicate to my, I'm afraid, I, you know, that I can't do it. And God says, who made your mouth? I mean, can you trust me? Can you come to me? And I will help you, he said. In fact, he says, I will, later he says, I'll go with you as well. I'm not going to send you out on your own to learn how to communicate. The sad thing Moses said to him in the next verse, he says, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Send someone else to do it. Boy, don't we we want to do that sometimes too? We know we need to talk to somebody. And I, and I feel like this all the time. You know, I need to talk to somebody. And I, it would be so nice if I could just get one of the elders to do it. Because they're elder and they're old. And they don't care anymore. No, just kidding. I'm, I'm old. If I could just get someone else to, to do it for me, it would be so much easier. 
You know, if I could just get, you know, the counselor to talk and say to my spouse or to my, you know, son or my daughter. But you know what? God wants us to learn how to communicate. And God actually got mad at Moses in that case. And, it, you know, he, it says the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And, and then he brought Aaron into the picture. Number one, I think we need to ask God to help us to, to communicate. And number two is that we need to be a student of communication. I went to a, a banquet last night. And it was, uh, it was like uh, some Greek letters, you know. Pi something or other, something or other. I don't know what Greek letters. It was all Greek to me. And, uh, but it was, a, it was a honor society for communication majors, right? And they were getting together, and they had new people inducted into this honor society. And I'm a little proud. My daughter got inducted. She's not sitting here, but she got inducted into this honor society or whatever. But, it, but it, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole at, the, at Rhode Island College where she goes, a whole department of communication majors, right? And then it's broken down into all these other kinds of, of subcategories of communication. There are people that are, you know, spending big money to learn how to communicate, right? Communication major. And I thought, you know, I, you know, I'd like to go there to learn how to communicate, but the fact is, you know, we all better major in communication if we want to survive, if we want our relationships to survive. If we want to have a relationship with God, we better major in learning how to communicate. We better do something about it. We, we have a lot to learn, do we not? How many of you heard of Michael Card, the musician? Any of you heard of Michael Card? A few of you. He, he's been around a long, long time, but it says that he got married in 1982, and, and he and his wife Susan, they expected smooth sailing. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't long before they started running into selfishness and communication problems. You know, you, you get two people to get together, and, and uh, it's like uh, the analogy is like these two rivers, right, that are, that are meeting. And when these two rivers meet, what do you have? What do you have right there? Turbulence is the word. And then, and then when they, after a while, when they, you know, they're all stirred up, and then after a while, then they're flowing together, uh, hopefully, smoothly. But anyways, he says, he, he says uh, I was shocked. The wife says, I was shocked to realize there were some things that we couldn't talk through. We couldn't communicate. And their struggles intensified as Michael began to spend more time on the road. And so their pastor suggested that they talk to somebody about it and before these small problems got bigger. And they, it says they, they, it took humility to admit they were as needy as everyone else. They were, you know, he was a, a popular Christian artist. And he's out singing songs about God and everything and he's having trouble in his own home. It, ha- it happens to everyone, you see. Not just, you know, the people with... Uh, the, never mind. Anyways, they went to these counseling sessions and they built some communication skills, it says. What Michael says is, he he says, I can still get quiet and distant, hoping Susan will read my mind. After all, it's a lot easier to hope your spouse is a psychic than to work through how you feel about an issue and then present your feelings in a graceful, Christ-like manner. 
says, a creeping separateness comes between Susan and me when we don't rely on God's tools to keep our marriage solid. Isn't that true? You know, he expected her to be a psychic. And maybe it's more true for guys. They, you know, they don't want to talk. They don't want to share. They don't want to open up at all. But it really needs to be an exchange. It really needs to be this back and forth. And, and don't expect the other person to be a psychic. If they are, um, I'll pray for you if you, your partner's a psychic because that's getting weird. You know what I mean? Psychics. So that's a whole other subject, right? Psychics and how do they operate and demonic influence and all that. That's a whole other thing. So that's why I say it's weird. But the fact of the matter is we, we can't read each other, read each other's minds. And so we need to learn how to communicate. And this guy, you know, he said we needed to get humble about it and admit, hey, we need, we need to learn how to communicate. We need to learn how to talk to each other and share with each other. Because it, it, it isn't always just a natural, easy thing to do. You know, I find that sometimes you, you can connect with somebody, you know, and, and you can just communicate really, really easily, but I find that it's the exception rather than the rule. And sometimes in marriage relationships, you know, it just takes a lot of work, doesn't it? Where you need to work at these things. It needs to be an exchange. Some people talk too much. Some people don't talk at all. Uh, uh, Jay Adams, again, he says that communications, a communication binds persons together. And he says, only by communicating can problems between persons be solved. Therefore, the communication is the point at which to begin in restoring relationships between individuals. You've got to have communication to help to restore the problems that you have. There's, there's issues, there's problems. You've got to be able to learn how to talk about them. But he says, he goes on to say, this is the dilemma is because the problem is these people can't communicate. So to solve the problem they have, they have to communicate to, to solve their communication problem. Very difficult. And he says that, you know, there, there are times when it, it helps to have some outsider, an outside party to, to kind of help and learn to talk through with one another. Paul the Apostle, he said to the Corinthians, he says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you. We've spoken freely to you and open wide our hearts to you. There is this idea that, that you know, Paul, he opened up his his heart and, and, and was free in speaking to them. And in communication, there's got to be a sense where we take a chance. Yeah, they were fearful in the garden. We're fearful. How many times you want, you want to talk to somebody, whoever it is, and you're, you just sense that fear. I mean, have you ever feel that? And, and you, there's got to be a, a time and a, and a sense where you're going to take a chance. And open up your hearts. Uh, uh, a fellow said this, that you're on sacred ground when someone is sharing their heart with you. It's wise to take it seriously and treat it accordingly. We need to be sensitive to one another when, we, when we're opening up our hearts and sharing with another and communicating with, with one another and not step on that. I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. A few more things I want to talk about this uh, today and I and I understand that that really I am only only scratching the surface about this but it is huge 
It really is huge. And, and uh, I, I found some help here from uh, uh, something called the Four Guidelines of Christian Communication. We're going to throw these in here as well. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. It says, Therefore, each of you, Ephesians 4.25, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. What's the thing that he's talking about here in, in terms of communication? Honesty. Honesty. Honesty is the best policy. When we're, when we're not being honest, he says put off. Put off falsehood when we deceive one another, when we uh, kind of tell half-truths. He says, truth is, a, is, is so crucial. Speak truthfully. In First Peter, Peter says this, whoever would love life, whoever would love life and see good days, and I would love, I would love life and see good days, he said, whoever wants that, he says, must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. If you want to have a good life and you want to have a, a, a life that you love and, a, and good days in relationships, he says, you know, watch what you say and keep your tongue from evil and from untruth, from deceitful speech. It only gets us in trouble when we twist the truth. Isn't it true? We, we have to cover it up later. We have to come back later and apologize because that really wasn't the truth what I said to you. Very, very important. Truth is essential in, in, our, in our communication with one another. You know, maybe we grew up learning how to kind of deceive and manipulate. And I, and I find, you know, watching kids and, and raising children, you know, raised our kids and uh, we raised our kids and, and we never had to teach them how to uh, be manipulative. We never, we never had to teach them how to, to twist the truth a little bit. You see, it's part of this sin nature. And so you and I, we need to say, listen, I, gotta, I, I need to tell the truth. We're going to talk in a minute about do we always, you know, do we always need to speak up or, or is there a time not to speak? The second thing he found, found there in verse 20, um, 26, look what it says. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. He says in relationships there, and, and, and there are things that come that make us angry, but he says don't hold on to those things and don't let them continue. Be current in making things right. Communicate, not out of anger though, but don't let things just keep going on and on. What, I, what I've seen and, 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 and I've experienced it in my own life as well, when you, when you just let this thing fester, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to bring it up. And we're not going to talk. And, and then you, you know, you got this silence thing going on. And it goes on from one day. And then it goes on to two days. And then it can go on to a week and then two weeks. And, and some people may not talk to each other for months and, and maybe even years. It says, don't let it get, don't let it get out of hand. Don't let it get out of control. And interesting, he says, that, he says, when we do this, we give the devil a foothold. We're giving the devil a place when we allow that to happen. Don't give the devil a foothold. Look at verse 29. It says, do not let any 
unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We need to think about in our relationships, are we, are we thinking about the other person? Are we only thinking about ourselves? Are we speaking things that might be helpful in building the other person up according to their needs? Are we only thinking about ourselves? Is our communication just selfishness? The last thing that on this list is the think before you speak. That's a very important thing in our communication. Think before you speak. Proverbs says this, that a man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even tempered, and even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Sometimes you just need to stop talking. The truth is, when you're talking, you can't listen at the same time. Listening is a, is, a, is a huge thing in communication. And sometimes we need to stop talking and listen. We need to cut out the things that are not important. Hold back. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. He said there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. There are times when we just need to just keep it to ourselves. There are times when it's just not a good time to, to say those words. Maybe later is a good time. Maybe, maybe never with certain things. There was a cartoon and it's, you know, it said that the, the, uh, the pastor, he said, I asked my wife to look over my notes for today's sermon and mark out everything dull. So in conclusion, <laughs> there's some stuff that just doesn't need to be there. Cut out the dull stuff. Cut out the unimportant stuff. That doesn't mean you can't just have you know, a, a rapport with, with your friends and whatever. But we need to be careful with, with our voices. And we need to learn how to listen. I think that's the last thing I want to focus on here before we close, is that we need to learn how to listen. Communication is half listening. H. Norm Wright said, listening intently with one's mouth shut is a basic communication skill needed in marriages, and I'll add in relationships. We need to learn how to listen. We will never understand one another if we do not listen. You know, there is this thing within us. We want to be understood we also want to understand the other person. And when we, when we reach that, that's when there's a, you know, a communication happens. That's when the hearts are, you know, are, are united. There was this golden anniversary party and, you know, for this elderly couple. And, and uh, the husband, he was so moved by it. And he wanted to tell his wife just how he felt about her. And, but she was very hard of hearing. And she often misunderstood what he said. So they had all these family members and friends around, and he toasted her, and he said, My dear wife, after 50 years, I found you tried and true. And everyone smiled, and, but the wife said, Eh? And so he said it louder. After 50 years, I found you tried and true. And she got upset, and she shot back, Well, let me tell you something. After 50 years, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> See, when we don't understand one another, 
because we can't hear, we can't listen, or we're not even trying to hear. Sometimes we look at one another and, and you're having a conversation and you're not even listening. You're just nodding your head. You're not even listening to what the person is saying. You don't hear it at all. Maybe you're thinking about what you want to say next or whatever. Someone said this, work at understanding what the other person is indeed saying. Listen carefully with respect, with your ears and your heart. Somebody said this, and I don't know how true this is, though, that, that uh, communication is like 7% words, 38% tone of voice, and 55% nonverbal and body language. So it's not just the words we use, but when we're listening, we're listening, we're watching, we're looking at them, we're making eye contact. How many times you try to talk to somebody and then we look at you? It, it, you know, somebody said, well, you know, when, when women talk, they look at each other, they face each other. When guys talk, you know, they sit side by side and they look out this way. You know? Yeah. Hey. You know? And so then you try to get a, you know, a man and a woman to listen and talk to each other. And he's looking off this way and she's looking. We need to, we need to look at each other. We need to face each other and, and try and learn how to communicate with each other. Communication, so, so crucial, and we all need to learn. So, again, God help us, number one. God help us to learn how to communicate with each other. We can learn. I believe we can learn, but we need to try. We need to have truth. We need to have the right timing. We need to listen. Pay attention. I did a, a study years and years ago up at Calvary Chapel in Boston, and, and it was a marriage retreat. And I went up there, and, and I was speaking about uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, about marriage. And it says there that uh, the husband should live or dwell with his wife according to knowledge, right? So to live with your wife according to knowledge means you need to know something, right? And so I told them, I said, I made a little acronym P-L-O-D, right? Pay attention, listen, observe, and then dwell. Dwell with them according to the knowledge that you get. When you pay attention, when you listen, when you observe, you dwell with them according to that knowledge that you get from those things. And those are not all easy things to do. But I said to them, I went up there, and these people are from, you know, Boston area, and I said, plod. And they all started going like this. So, you know, I didn't get very far. They weren't listening very well. There was a breakdown in communication. God help us. That's my, that's my desire, that we would learn how to communication. So many problems could be avoided. I have created problems because of poor communication. So many problems could be avoided if we would learn how to communicate in our relationships and in our relationship with God as well. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come and we uh, lay ourselves at the foot of the cross. And we know it's our sinfulness and our selfishness, our pride, that keeps us from learning and growing in so many areas, and especially in this area of communication. God, we ask you, first and foremost, to help us to make progress in these areas. Help us to, to learn how to communicate, Lord. Break down the walls, the barriers 
that exists between us and you and between us and us. We depend upon you. We need you, Lord. I pray this morning as well, Father, that you would show us that Jesus is the way. And for any here today that that need to know that Jesus is the way, we heard about uh, teenagers coming to know who Jesus is and following him through young life. We come and, 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 and proclaim that Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And and that no man comes to the Father but through you, and that that relationship that was broken in the garden can be restored through Jesus Christ and Him alone. So, Lord, we come and we, again, bow before the foot of the cross and what you did for us. We open our hearts to you, Lord, that you might communicate to us and that we might have a relationship and help us, Lord, in our relationships with one another. We need your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?